Join us, friends. Great Scott Spockeye. Do they know what we have in store for them? They will if they tighten up. And don't double dribble. To the Grey Ghost, Spockeye? Exactly, old chum. No time to waste. To the Grey Ghost. We have not a minute to spare. It's showtime, friends. All right, all right, all right. It is the Spa Guy, and it is... Globe trotting with Trey. And we are not wishing Cotton was a monkey. Wickwam, no, we are not. And friends, today we have got a special, special episode. <laughs> I've been thinking about this since 1977, since I was a kid. And I bet you've thought about it a lot, uh, too, over the years. Uh, and that is, there's so many conspiracy theories about Elvis Presley faking his death. So what we're going to discuss today is, did do we believe that Elvis faked his death? That'd be one thing. Let's discuss all of the other crazy things that these fans have come up with. That, <laughs> And I'm revealing something by just saying that. But the fans have come up with so much crazy, uh, friends, I can't even wrap my mind around it all. In fact, on Facebook, they'll have these uh, Elvis uh, groups, these uh, fan groups. And at one time, I was in a couple of those fan groups just for ha-has. You know, it was just a way of, I, I never really interacted very, very often because I'm very, very busy. And I know you are too, Trey. But I would occasionally go in there and look just to see what they were saying and stuff. And guys, the crazy is just off the charts. And I don't know why, and I probably shouldn't even say what I'm getting ready to say, but I'm going to say it. Elvis Presley, for whatever reason, attracts a level of crazy that is just out of this world so much so that Trey and I actually have had conversations about are we like that and we're just so delusional that we can't see that we're that crazy. What do you think about that, Trey? About if you and I are crazy like these people or some of these people are, <laughs> yeah, uh, Billy, this this Elvis conspiracy, I, 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 don't, I don't understand it except I guess there's people that never could accept that Elvis did die on August 16th, 1977. And they just decided that, you know what? He didn't die. He's still alive with us. We're just never going to see him again. So, you know, he's going to be working at a Burger King there in Kalamazoo. He's going to be doing this, going to be doing that. I mean, guys, come on now. I mean, <laughs> he's now, Hey, he's now a preacher in uh, Arkansas with socks with holes in them. And, you know, I mean, just, you know, <laughs> And, and that's an interesting thing. So let's talk about that aspect of a minute. You brought up Kalamazoo. You brought up uh, Bob Joyce in Arkansas. So let's talk about a couple of those things. Something that I find very interesting is there's a lot of things that play into the idea that Elvis faked his death, okay? And what I mean is, is it's almost like there is a... Uh, 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 some kind of a of an engine out there, if you will, for lack of a better word, pushing that narrative, pushing that idea. Okay, like something you know how they always talk about the the dark web or the the uh, what's the what's the word that they use for uh, famous people that do the signs? What is all that? The um, yeah, what is they that? they call that? Um, somebody's yelling at the at the radio right now. Yeah, um, write it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we need to think of it real quick while we're talking. So anyway, there's this, the human nature is to believe that there's some higher force out there that is uh, somehow in control. And there is, it's called God. Okay, I agree with that. But they try to act like that there's people that are behind all of these conspiracies and pushing these narratives and all that kind of stuff. And for whatever reason, that is not coming to me. But the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all of them are supposed to be in this group. And they have these symbols. And, you know, Beyonce does the symbol and and all this kind of stuff. And it's just not it's not coming to me at this moment. But something that we saw while we were in Kal Kalamazoo, Michigan, many of you probably remember 
the Elvis sighting at the Burger King in Kalamazoo that I think it would have been the Inquirer ran with the story that Elvis was in Kalamazoo. So we go to Kalamazoo. Sadly, the Burger King is no longer there. It's a, uh, I think it's a Walgreens now or Rite Aid. It's a drugstore on that spot. But something that we found while we were in that town is an office building that actually had an office upstairs with Elvis's name on the door. And when you're standing down in the lobby and it has the names of the different businesses down there, it says Elvis A. Presley like it's his office there. So you've got all these things that literally play into this narrative. The other piece of the narrative is I mentioned Bob Joyce. Um, Bob Joyce is a preacher that's about 20 years younger than Elvis. Elvis would be, what, 88 now? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, 1935. Okay, so I think Bob is 67 or 68. So he's about 20 years too young. So I actually had the idea when I was in Arkansas filming, I went, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Bob Joyce's church and just say, Bob, look at the camera. Tell people that you're not Elvis. Because for some reason, these people think he's Elvis. And people go, well, he looks like you know, Elvis, and he sounds like Elvis. No, guys, there's hundreds of thousands of people that sound like Elvis. There's impersonators everywhere. And I've never seen one person that looked like Elvis. Not one. Mm-mm. Ever. Have you? Not one. Okay, not one. Not anybody even remotely close to looking like Elvis. Not one ETA. Not Austin Butler. Not anybody other than them, the grandkids and Lisa Marie. That's it. I've never seen another human being that looked like Elvis. Have you? I have not seen another person that looks like Elvis. I've seen a lot of guys wearing makeup. And trying to, but none of them can pull it off. It's not even close. Not even close. You know, um, so it's that's just bizarre. But what so I went to Bob Joyce's church. There was the church was closed. So then I went to Bob Joyce's house. And uh, I go knock on the door. It's a very modest house in a modest neighborhood, modest cars, nothing. You know, if if this is Elvis first, if Elvis. OK, so let's let's back up. People want to believe that Elvis wanted to get away from being famous so bad that he created this illusion that he died, which you can make the case um, and I'll be honest, there was a time when I thought that maybe he pulled it off. I don't believe that's factual now. I believe that Elvis Presley died August 16th, 1977. What do you believe, Trey? I believe that Elvis died August 16th, 1977, based on the fact that I have been able to become friends with a few of his Memphis Mafia members. And I've been able to talk to them and have been able to realize their life circumstances, how it changed after Elvis Presley died. And some of these fellas' lives changed so badly that two Memphis Mafia members right now are buried in unmarked graves without a tombstone because they died without money. And the bottom line to me is this, and with Dr. Nick, how terrible that his life became after Elvis Elvis Presley loved these people. That's why they were around him. That's why that they were the Memphis Mafia and they were always with Elvis at concerts and on the road and the shows. And it's like Elvis never could be alone because he loved his guys that was around him. And I do not believe one second that Elvis would have faked his death and allowed all these guys to suffer because everybody thought thought he was dead and not help them out in some way. I would adamantly agree with that. And I'm kind of the same way. When I started doing these videos, I still had in what I'm saying, doing doing these videos, I'm talking about 2015, 2016, when I was working on it regularly. Yeah. Up till that point, I was on the fence, off the fence. I really, in my mind, hoped that Elvis faked his death, but knew that he probably didn't. But after you get to know people that were specifically involved in this and it affected their life in a huge way, you realize this dude really died. And so let's let's go back to uh, talk about a couple of aspects of that. So let's go back to um, to Bob Joyce. If Elvis Presley faked his death August 16th, 1977, because he was trying to get away from the spotlight, which is a legitimate possibility. He was caught in a trap, no pun intended. And he couldn't get out. 
And what I mean is he was in a fame trap to the point where he literally could not function as a normal human being and walk down the street without being mobbed, literally being mobbed. That is a fact. Uh, up until the end of his life, it was like that, up until the last day. Um, and I'll, I'll give you a case in point. They were in Paris, and they were at the Hotel Prince de Gaulle. I've been there. I filmed for my channel. And they went, uh, they were talking about going down the street to eat at the at Fouquet's, which is right on the corner of the Champs-Élysées down the street from the post, uh, from the, uh, from the hotel. Okay. And my friend Rex Mansfield was there, was there. It was a Lamar. It was Charlie Hodge. Uh, I don't remember if Red was there or not. Um, but I know Charlie and Lamar and Rex were there. I, I think Red was there. But anyway, they were trying to tell Elvis. Elvis, they said, they told the people that were trying to get Elvis to go eat. They were like, he's Elvis. He can't go eat. This is 19, this would have been probably 59. And uh, and they went, oh, oh no, he's Elvis. He can't just go sit down there at the at this restaurant and eat and not be mobbed. And they went, he's, this is Paris. Nobody cares about Elvis. They went, okay. So they go down there. And there's you can find photos of Elvis sitting there. I've eaten at that at that restaurant. So that's in Paris. out on the sidewalk. Out on the sidewalk. That's out on the sidewalk. Him wearing his army uniform. And Rex told me that they were sitting there and everything was kind of going well. And then all of a sudden, somebody recognized Elvis. And before he knew it, there was so many people so fast that it scared him. And he said, I think he told me, I'll have to go back and, and watch the video of what he said. But I think he told me he was in the front, Lamar was in the back, or vice versa. And they formed a, like a, a wall and just rushed Elvis back to the hotel. And that was in Paris where people were trying to go, nobody cares that Elvis is here. Oh, yeah, they do. That was Elvis's life. Everything, everywhere that he literally went created this, this storm, this sensation to, to the likes of which have never been seen before or after. I don't know of anybody um, that could create that. But now there was people that touched on it. I, like I, Michael Jackson. I, I witness I witness being around Michael Jordan and he he calls that same thing. It was pretty cool to see. It yes, was, yes. I, I just people like, oh my gosh, that's Michael Jordan. And like hundreds of people just coming around just staring at him. That, yeah. And when when I when I witnessed that, because I was actually standing beside Michael and I said, This is how it was for Elvis. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking that, like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> And there's a handful of people that that has happened to. Yeah. But Elvis is the top of the top of the top. Okay. Oh, yeah. So let's. So if he did fake his death for the the purpose of anonymity, and he wanted to start a church and preach, why on earth would he try to make people believe he's Elvis? That was that'd be stupid. Okay. And the other thing is, is Bob Joyce is about. 66 ish, 67, 68. He does not look like an 88 year old man. So I went to Bob Joyce's house. I knocked on his door. Lady came to the door. I went to the side. I went to the front door. Nobody came. I went to the side door. There was a little porch about that high off the ground. I remember that. And a lady came and she was really nice. I had my camera in my hand and I had it rolling. Uh, but I, you know how we'll flip the door around and, and have it rolling, but the door's closed, but it's backwards. So um, I could capture it. So I kept, I waited for, for him to come to the door and he had been asleep. He had taken a nap. He comes outside. He's wearing socks with holes in it. As you mentioned, with a couple of holes in it, clearly not Elvis. Now I was trying to gauge, I was hoping that he was five, five. Okay. So I could go, okay, he's a foot short, half a foot shorter than Elvis. So, but no, this dude was six foot. Okay, so he was Elvis, the right size to be Elvis, five five eleven, six foot, and a very nice guy. Um, but I kept talking to him, and if you ever watch the video, I have it on YouTube. If you watch the video, I'm 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 doing that thing that me and you talked about in the last video, where you can mention the name Elvis and just door start opening. So I started talking to this guy, trying to relate to the point where. Most of the time, if you're talking to someone, even if it's a tense situation, you can finally say something and they'll acquiesce and then start talking and start conversing. And you can kind of get where you can have a conversation with them and film it. Right. 
I never got there with this guy. If you listen to it, you can tell I'm rambling. I'm literally searching for anything, and I'm so nervous because <laughs> I feel bad because this guy's a preacher. I'm yeah. a Christian. You know, I don't want to mess this guy's church up or mess his ministry up. But I also want him to tell people I'm not Elvis. Okay. So I two times I tried to lift the camera to to get him. One of the times I thought I, I thought this is gonna do it. I was like, hey, Bob, just tell these people you're not Elvis and say something great for Jesus. And I lift the camera up and he goes, Oh no, no, I don't I don't want to be on camera like that. So I put the camera back down. I did it two different times. And so in the video, I have two versions of it. I have a version of it where I don't show his face just because I'm trying to be respectful, but it was the Bob Joyce that you see in the videos. If you look in the videos on YouTube. Um, and then I have a version that's in a, uh, another area members area in my, of my videos that I just show the video as it was. Okay. Um, so the thing is I put this video out and it's gotten a lot of views because there's a lot of people that, that are trying to understand if this is a real thing or not a real thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, in the comments, I started getting people go, oh, well, you just talked to the wrong Bob Joyce. Oh, okay. there's a there's one that's 80 years old, 88 years old. <laughs> no way. You just got the wrong one. <laughs> was the wrong guy. It's, it's just the wrong one. Right. So, you know, it's I know we show you the one that's in the videos that's playing the piano, but that's not the one that you're looking for. It's the other one. Oh, so, okay. no, you know, I've told you this many times in, in the hot tub business. If a customer's no, I can't. I can't cover enough ways that a customer can mess up ordering something wrong. And what I mean by that is I, I can go, you know, I've got all the information right here that they could ever need in a million years to determine the correct part. No matter what I put there, they will figure out a way to screw it up. Every time they zig, every time I zig, they zag is what I say. Is that what I'm it's, <laughs> a, it's the same thing with the Elvis fans. Every time I zig, they zag. No they matter zag. what I come up with, they come up with a reason why that's not factual. And, you know, you just missed it. You got, you talked to the wrong Bob Joyce. There's another one that's 88. You just missed him. Uh, oh, really? Well, how come he's not in any of the videos that Bob Joyce is showing? You never see the two of them together. Oh, well, no, you're not going to see the two together. They don't want to be seen together. Wow. Oh, what? Okay. So now let's go back so so friends i've seen bob joyce with my own eyes he is not elvis and there's not another bob joyce there's not two okay he's not rich he's not elvis pretending to be bob joyce he's not bob joyce pretending to be elvis he is legitimately a preacher of the gospel i've listened to his messages he is on it as far as a preacher he is uh not a uh, i would not call him a false teacher. From what I hear, he he knows the gospel. He knows the Bible, which is very, very important. And, and I appreciate him, but he is in some ways trying to perpetuate this. Okay. Um, I think that that's, that that's fair, that it, it in some way is benefiting him. So he is perpetuating. Okay. So now let's go back to Graceland, August, 1977. There's all these different things that I've heard ever since 1977. A couple of them are that there was a helicopter that landed that day and it took off and Elvis got on the helicopter and <clears throat> escaped that way. Okay. All right. So let's think about this. You're Elvis, one of the most recognizable, if not the most recognizable person in the world. You want to escape and lead another life and go into some people say he went into witness protection. Okay. So let's talk about that for just a second. There's some people that believe that Elvis was involved in these cases where he was uh, more or less setting up these people um, that were selling drugs. And because he was Elvis, they would give him information. They wouldn't give other people. And there's a story about this kingpin that he took down by being in a limousine in a parking garage in this certain town. And in that town, um, they, there was an exchange of money and drugs and the police swapped in or swooped in and, 
arrested this guy and Elvis helped take down this drug kingpin. And that's why he had to go into the witness protection program. Okay. So the problem with that is I searched in that town for years and years and years and years of a drug bust of a kingpin with or without Elvis's name. And there weren't any. Okay. So if he took down this giant kingpin, that would be all over the news. Okay. That's first. So, and I may be even telling you stuff that you're not even, you've not even heard before. I even it's heard also this crazy. One. Okay. I so heard this one. the thing you got to keep in mind, Trey, I'm older than you. I've been hearing this stuff since 1977. So that's, I've that's, never heard this. Okay. Okay. So they claimed that he was there in a limousine. He took, uh, an exchange of money and drugs and he was wearing a wire and, <laughs> and escaped from the thing. And the police, you know, come and get this guy, this kingpin. Okay. Okay. So because of that, he go, had had to go into witness protection. So that I couldn't find any evidence that that happened, that that was factual. Now, where I'm not going to tell you that Elvis was not working behind the scenes, if you will, because he had a DEA badge. I'm not going to tell you he wasn't involved in any things of that nature. What I will tell you is in 75, 76, 77, Elvis's health was so bad that I doubt that he was engaged in anything. He was basically a hermit by that time. Uh, by the by, seventy six and seventy seven, definitely he was he was basically in, at home in Palm Springs or Graceland or L A. Or he was um, doing a concert. That's it. It was one of those two things. There was a few times when he was out and about doing things, like he went to Liberty Land. And I'm not saying that he stayed in his bedroom only, but he retreated to that bedroom a lot those last couple of years. He was just before being a hermit. Okay. So let's talk about um, the red airplane that was in New Mexico that got sold recently. There was, I haven't done the video, but I will do a video. There was a uh, an attempt to uh, defraud Elvis and Vernon. I believe involving that airplane, also involving the other jet star that is at Graceland, the Hound Dog 2, the little airplane. Um, there was some guys that were attempting to defraud Elvis by uh, making some deals with Vernon to buy an airplane and take an airplane and put it in their account and pay for it and lease it back to Elvis and then lease it where people could, where he could make money. There was all these little things going on. FBI investigation. There is an interesting date in those FBI investigations, and that is the very beginning of them starting to try to get the grand jury to look at this case happened on August the 15th, 1977. That is factual. Now, that you could, I could make a video today and convince you Elvis faked his death. I could also make a video today and convince you Elvis did not fake his death. It just depends on how you want to slant the 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 documentary, if you will. Um, so you could take that fact, which is factual, um, and you could start going, okay, well, because of this, he was afraid these guys were going to murder him, so he had to go underground. Yada yada yada, and people did go to jail. That's there was an FBI investigation, and about uh, I think total it was eight people that went to jail behind this airplane thing. Um, and there was actually a name for it. The FBI called it something. Daggone it, I, I hate to, that I can't remember it. I can't remember that, and, and I can't remember the other thing uh, earlier. So um, what ended up happening, I will say this. There was some things that happened around these dates just before that would make you go, hmm, seems like a lot of business was being taken care of, like, there was some property sold the day August the 16th is the day that Dr. Nick signed the, the, the paperwork on his house that Elvis loaned in the money for on August 16th that morning, you know, so there's things like that, that you could take and, and make a case that, that it was a conspiracy. That why did uh, this happen at that certain time? That's exactly right. There's just, there is a things that happened in like within a two week period of August the 16th, that's factual that, that were out of the ordinary. I'll, I'll give you that. So then you get people that say, well, 
Elvis never cashed in his insurance, his life insurance policy. You've heard of that, right? I haven't. Okay. Heard of okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 one of the first things that they'll come up with. Oh, well, they didn't cash in the insurance policy, and I go, okay, based off of what? Where's your evidence? Oh, well, you know, it's he just didn't. I go, okay, okay, yeah. So let me say this: in 1977, in the 70s, I like to call them urban myths. There was no Google. So when you heard something from someone, you would just take what they said as the gospel and you would repeat it. Well, after a while, it becomes the thing. And I'll give you an example. I've used this example before. The first time I ever heard of the band, the supergroup Kiss, was a comic book, Kiss comic book that came out. And the red ink in it was Gene Simmons' blood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so as kids, we were like, whoa, what? Yeah. They put his blood in his comic book. How cool is that? Yeah, so you yeah. go to school and go, hey, man, check out this new Kiss comic book. It's got Gene Simmons' blood is the red ink in this thing. Yeah. So it's that was just this urban legend that is still going today. It may have been true, may not have been true. I don't know. Yeah. But it's one of those things that you hear that you repeat. And I am a human being. I know you are, too. Everybody wants to be able to tell a story that they know somebody famous or did something. So what you do is you you stretch the truth of what happened. And after a while, it becomes your truth. Becomes okay. Your truth. Yep. That's right. And um, and so we talked about them uh, uh, claiming that that he um, escaped that day and went into to that. OK, so there's a story about when they're taking the casket out of the house and about to put it in the back of the hearse. A tree limb falls, right? Yeah, I've heard okay. that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so check this out. What happened? That's a, true, that's a true story. What they don't tell you is there was helicopters flying over. They were hovering, trying to get footage. That's why the tree limb fell. Oh, they don't tell you that there was that part. Oh, <laughs> no, I've never heard they that They leave part. out the helicopter, okay? I've never heard the helicopter Okay, the, the guy that was in, I read the book of the guy that was the head of the funeral that was over the funeral, Barb, uh, Bob Kendall. In Bob Kendall's book, he says that. He he claims in the book that the helicopter hit the tree, that one of the feet of the helicopter bumped the branch, and that's why it fell. But they leave that part of it out. So if we ever do that scene, you got to have a helicopter fly. We're, we're having a helicopter fly over and cause the tree limb to fall. Right that's exactly right. Yeah. So that's that's one thing. The other thing was is it took eight people because the, air, the, the casket was air-conditioned, and Elvis was a wax dummy. Right. I've heard that. Okay. So, and Elvis was sweating. You heard that in the casket where they're looking at him? Okay. So in Bob Kendall's book, he talks about that a body will sweat, that you've got X amount of time after a body is, is done. They were, he was worried in the book. He talks about them applying the, the makeup to Elvis's face and being concerned about after a certain amount of heat gets to it, having to stop the procession, close the doors, touch his makeup up and go again because it would build up sweat and beads would run off. He said that is a normal thing that happens with the body if it's left in in heat to the elements. Okay. So the reason that the casket weighed so much is it was a one piece copper deposit casket, which was made by a certain company. It was actually made. I heard it was made here in Nashville. I've got to investigate that by the national casket company. If I could find a place where it was made those caskets, it's the same casket that Gladys was buried in. And they were very, very, very heavy and very expensive. They weigh about 900 pounds with no one in it. That explains it. They are very, very heavy and it's made from copper. And that's why they call it a copper deposit, one piece casket. And it has a lot of extra features. In fact, there's only two or three left now that are out that you could buy. And they're bumping 150, 160,000 now is how much they are. Very, so very, Elvis, very expensive. Elvis was buried in the top of the line casket. Oh, yeah. The best that money could buy. They had to find one and send an airplane, a private airplane, went and picked it up. I think it was Oklahoma City from my memory and brought it back that night, the night of August the 16th, the morning of the 17th. So they've sent a private airplane to go retrieve it and bring it back. It wasn't a thing where they put it on UPS. Somebody flew there, picked it up, and flew back. Right, right. Um, So they had to make a deal to buy that casket. Um, So that explains the heaviness of the casket. 
You also hear some stories that Elvis's sideburn had popped up, um, and that, uh, and there was a lot of people were saying that. Uh, and Larry Geller, by the way, did do Elvis's hair, and the story about him touching Elvis's hair up with the mascara is a true story, and I, that was confirmed by by Bob's book, Bob Kendall's book. Uh, which, by the way, you really can't find in a uh, or a good friend of mine, a nice gentleman that lives in North Carolina that's in the funeral business, actually made copies of his book and sent them to me so I could read it. And it's very, very interesting. It's very detailed um, about the funeral things. Okay, so Larry Geller was there. Larry Geller did touch it up. Now, we'll say that some people were going, well, the reason his his uh, sideburn popped up was because they did an autopsy and they will do a, a cranny. I think it's a crane craniop. Um, I don't know cranioptopy, where they cut the top of your head off and examine your brain. Uh, they Bob Kendall said that that did not happen in Elvis's autopsy. They did not go into his head, so nothing like that was done. Um, he did say that uh, that Elvis's hair was very long at that time. You know, it was very very bushy and all that kind of stuff. But you'll hear people say that his that his sideburn peeled up. You'll see, hear the story that there was a guy that had cancer that was a stand-in from Elvis. Okay, so let's get into this part of it. So there's people that that believe that there was three Elvises. The real Elvis, his brother Jesse lived, that Elvis, and then there was a third guy that looked like Elvis. So uh, you can find videos where people do all these picture comparisons where they go where this is, and there's three names for the brothers, by the way. So let's take out the guy that has cancer. Let's talk about the brothers. There's people that say that there's Elvis, there's Jesse, his twin brother that died at birth, and there's Franklin. There was triplets. Franklin. Okay? Franklin. Franklin. I've even heard of the fourth, but I can't think of the fourth name. So what you've got to believe, if you believe that, that Jesse – uh, Garen did not die at birth, which I think there's a possibility that that did not happen. But do I think that Jesse Garen was Elvis's stand in? No, I do not. So that's a completely different story. We'll talk about that one day. Um, but they're talking about three people. They're talking about Elvis, Jesse and Franklin. So they're saying that they that Gladys had triplets. They hid two of them until Elvis turned 21 and became famous. And then they brought him out of the closet. So they knew Elvis was going to be famous. Okay. They hid it from all, everybody in the whole family. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So that's just, that's just dumb. And that didn't happen. Okay. Yeah. So now let's go back to Elvis and Jesse and the guy with cancer stand in. So there was a guy that was supposed to be an Elvis stand in, which we've already determined previously in this podcast there. I've never seen anybody that looked like Elvis. Have you? I have not. nobody, mm. not even close impersonators. I've never seen one guy that I went, yep, that guy right there. That's Elvis. Never. Okay. So they want you to believe that there's this guy that had plastic surgery in the sixties or seventies to look like Elvis, which plastic surgery was not as good then as it is now. And we've even seen some examples of people that got plastic surgery and I'm not going to mention any names, but that it actually messed their face up. Okay. So I'm not mentioning names. Um, but anyway, they want you to believe that this guy got plastic surgery to look like Elvis to the point where he would go out in public as Elvis and people didn't know. Okay. This guy got cancer. So, and everything that I'm telling you is things that there's literally legions of people that believe these things. So this guy gets cancer and he dies and his death date is, is August the 15th or August 16th. So they take Elvis, they slip, they, they slip him out the back. He gets in a helicopter and leaves. They slip this dude up in the bedroom, in the bathroom, and they lay him there and concoct the story that he died on the toilet, yep. which is very edifying to Elvis. Okay. And then Elvis is scot-free and the dead guy, the cancer guy is the one that the ambulance picks up. And so I will say this, if you wanted to introduce a body and go back and look at the, uh, or listen to the testimony of the ambulance drivers and other people, a lot of them said it didn't look like Elvis mm. because he was black and, you know, his face had turned black from lack of oxygen. Um, 
and it didn't look like Elvis. So what you could do is take a, take a cadaver, introduce him to the ambulance drivers as Elvis. You're picking up Elvis Presley. He goes through the motions through the hospital and everybody thinks they've worked on Elvis. He gets prepared, put in a casket and in the ground and the real Elvis is out running around. If you were going to do it, you could do it that way. Just get a guy that looks close. Okay. And, and introduce him to that. And keep in mind that I will say, and I'm, I'm, weave, I'm weaving or weevil wobbling between the two conspiracies. Okay. So the two guys that were the ambulance drivers, Ulysses Jones and, um, uh, come on, Billy. I'm really having trouble remembering yeah, stuff. Mac, someone? Um, uh, no, the no. other guy's name. Anyhow, one of them died in 1981 under mysterious circumstances, part of the conspiracy. The other one went on to be a state senator, Ulysses Jones. That's okay. that's factual. Okay. So some people go, well, the guy that was going to talk, they offed him. The guy that didn't talk, he became a senator. Yeah. So that's part of the conspiracy, okay? So it could be that these two guys were in on it, the two ambulance drivers. And um the and that's how the process began, okay? So you look at it from that aspect, from the aspect of them introducing a fake body to be processed through this whole thing. Potentially I don't believe that's what happened, but that's what they say, this guy that died from cancer. So then to add to the conspiracy, you have uh, Elvis's grave misspelled. Mis, uh, the Aaron. With two A's. Okay. So that does, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, that does bother me. And some people go, well, it was Elvis in the 60s had a um, uh, conversation with, with Vernon that he wanted to start spelling his name the way Aaron's name was in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And Elvis incidentally was named after uh, Vernon's friend, Aaron Kennedy, which did spell his name with two A's, but you've got to understand that Vernon and Gladys were uh, not illiterate, but uh, I don't think Gladys could, could really read and write very well. Vernon was, was much better, but I don't think they were literally illiterate, but at that time, if you look, you'll find documents with Presley spelled with two S's. Yep. You'll find uh, different names spelled wrong on documents and different things. So I don't think they were as much sticklers for the way things were spelled back then as we are now in docu documentation, that kind of stuff. But for years and years and years, there was two A's on Elvis's grave. There was one A on the historic marker out front. Now there's two A's on the historic marker out front. When they decided to change it, they changed it to two A's. So that would lend to the conspiracy to make you go, hmm, wonder, wonder why, you know, if they put them in the ground and the thing spelled wrong, it's really not Elvis. And that's how he could get by with, with that. The other problem is, is, is you mentioned his uh, uh, friends and family and people that worked for him that depended on him. There's about 200 people hmm. that depended on him for a job. Um, so those people would have suffered from him faking his death. The other people that would have suffered would be the two girls that lost their life, uh, the morning of August the 17th, when a drunk driver hit the two girls and killed them out front. They also hit a, the third girl. She did not die. I actually interviewed her. She lives in, um, Terre Haute, Indiana, and you can find her, uh, on my, my, um, YouTube channel. She uh, got hurt very, very badly to the point where Vernon went and visited her in the hospital and that kind of stuff. But the other two girls, which were both, I think both 17, died that night. So two girls lost their life. So some people go, well, if he faked his death and he came back, he'd be responsible for that. and He'd be responsible for this. So there's all these different conspiracy theories out there. Um, the other thing that they say is that when they moved Elvis's body. By the way, let's talk about that. So Elvis was buried. He was never really buried. He was entombed in the mausoleum. And the way the mausoleum came about was Bob Kendall, uh, Vernon said, we need a place to put him quickly, That that, but we don't want him in the ground where Gladys is at. Gladys was in the ground in this particular cemetery. So Bob Kendall went, looked in the, in the mausoleum and found that that front unit was open that they could purchase. 
Um, and that's where they would put Elvis. And then as soon as Elvis was buried, within a day or two, they dug Gladys up and put her there as well. Then they started the paperwork of moving Elvis and Gladys to Graceland. And someone supposedly went in and tried to steal the bodies. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. And you could even say that that's conspiracy because some people would say that Vernon put them up to that to reinforce the fact that Elvis needed to be moved to Graceland because the city was not wanting to grant them a permit to put a cemetery at Graceland, which they did grant the permit. And that's the reason that uh, Graceland is actually open an hour every day, usually from 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning. The gates are open. You can walk up to the graves. It's not out of the goodness of the heart of uh, EPE. It's because they're required by law for this graveyard to be open to the public one hour every day. Um, so you've got all these different pieces. You've got the Bob Joyce thing, which is relatively new. The uh, heavy casket with the air conditioner in it to keep the wax body from melting, which let me ask you this. Once the lid's closed, what's the purpose of, a, of keeping the wax body from melting? You know, he was in the house with the lid open. There's no, there's no, there's nothing else to see here. Okay. Exactly. So there's, it's just so crazy. Um, you got that aspect of it. You've got the aspect where uh, you're looking at it from a standpoint of uh, the A, the two A's on his grave. You're looking at it from the point of the helicopter that they claimed that went in the backyard, took Elvis off, which if I was trying to hide and I was Elvis, I wouldn't let a helicopter land the day that I was faking my death. I would just be somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I he had a house in Palm Springs. Yeah, he could have yeah. been at his house in Palm Springs. That's a good point. You know, yeah. you know, so he could have been anywhere. He didn't have to be. It's almost like, well, I have to be here, and then I'm going to escape. It's not a movie. No, they it's, gone, it's just Elvis could have gone. They could go and picked him up in Tupelo. They could go and picked him up at Doctor Nick's house. They could go and picked him up it, at Red West out in the country. He could have been could go anywhere. Down to the Circle G. He, the Circle G. Nobody would have called him out there. Just go to the I Circle know. G Thank out you. in the Thank you that cross. You know. That's right. So we got three minutes left. That's what that indicator is. We try to keep these to about 45 minutes. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts, anything that I didn't cover that you could think of? Well, they try to make it out about the Aztec last suit that he wore on stage because, you know, Elvis was big on the newer numerology thing and the letter eights and stuff. They, they're saying that Elvis had the, the eight sixteen seventy seven was on the, uh, the, the, I guess the, Stone sundial, the, sundial, the sundial, and that yes, it's, it's on his chest. So he was like sh telling the world by this, what it, the suit he was wearing that he was going to fake his death on this August sixteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Now, when you go and count them, I think it does. <laughs> you know, I think it does add <laughs> up to what they're trying to say. But man, like that was a lot of work for Elvis. I don't know if Elvis was putting that time, that type of work into these type of stuff. You know. Um, uh, so, but you're telling me, Billy, there could be a chance that Elvis was a secret agent and maybe he and Scatter, his monkey, took out a bunch of bad guys uh, for the government? Only if they could just do all this gratuitous cussing when they were doing it. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, is, you know, we're, we've listened to all this stuff like Bob Joyce. Somebody told me two days ago that Elvis was still alive and his name was Bob Joyce. He's a pastor. And I told the person, but how would Elvis at 88, I, even though he was Elvis, he could not have figured out how to make himself a lot younger than he really was. You know, that's my answer to Bob Joyce. Uh, uh, and then the death and stuff, it affected his 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 loved ones. His, the people that loved him, think about it. Elvis had grandchildren later on. Okay. Mm -hmm. El, uh, uh, Lisa married uh, Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage later on in the 90s. Here in the past six months, there's a Boz Lerman movie on Elvis that disrespects him, in my opinion. And that tells me Elvis is not alive anymore because it would never happen if Elvis was here. Mm -hmm. There's just things like that. That proves yeah. to me, but it's, it's most importantly is his friends that suffered after Elvis died. These people lost jobs. These people never, ever, you know, they, some of them didn't have careers outside of taking care of Elvis. So after Elvis died, they lost their work. They lost how they made some, made some money. 
and they're traveling around with Elvis and taking care of their friend. After that, you know, they were in their 30s, 40s, and they didn't have a career. So they suffered the last 30 years of their lives. I think yeah. uh, Charlie Hodge went and played in Branson, Missouri. Red, of course, he had an acting career going for him, but they had to write that book to get to make some money. At yeah, Charlie point. was in Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sonny West, I believe he had to, uh, his house. He's was, unmarked. Didn't he leave his, his house? His house was repossessed. Yes. Re, he had lost, repossessed his house, and he has a, a no tombstone on his grave. Sonny West, one of the most important Memphis Mafia members out there. You know, uh, Marty Lacker doesn't have a tombstone on his grave. And Marty Lacker was an original Memphis Mafia member, right, Billy? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just telling you guys that, and Dr. Nick suffered, they all suffered. And I've seen this with my two eyes. I've I've seen living conditions and I, I've, I've understood what happened after 77. There's no doubt Elvis died that day. Yeah. And we're going to go a little bit over on this. I think it's worth going over. You good with that for just a few more minutes? Okay. Because I got a couple of other things that I want to touch on. So there's a guy that is uh, actually a worker at Graceland. He works. He's a groundskeeper. Yep. That people say is Elvis. Yeah, I've seen him in person a few times. I've talked to him. I've talked to him and said, hey, tell people you're not Elvis. And he went, man, what are these people doing? I said, "I, I don't know. I, I filmed uh, GK's funeral and had people contacting me going, uh, did you see Bob Joyce there? And I went back and looked at my video and I go, no, I don't see Bob Joyce there. You know, so it's all these different things. Gail, Gail Brewer Giorgio came out with a book um, where she claims that she uh, had conversations with Elvis and actually uh, recorded his voice and a cassette tape came with the book. You, did you ever listen to that, Trey? I think I read the book. It's very interesting. Um, I don't think it's really Elvis, but as I mentioned, there's so many people that sound like Elvis. There's a guy in Texas that is actually selling. Um, he goes under the name John Burroughs. He's actually selling books um, that are very, very expensive. I bought one because I wanted to see what it was, and they're like 125 bucks for the book. And he's also got videos out under John Burroughs uh, on YouTube or, or where you can hear him you know, his voice, and he sounds like Elvis. But in the books, he actually doesn't call himself Elvis. He calls himself Silvis. And he tells a story like Elvis faked his death using the name Silvis. And that's where some of the stories about Elvis uh, being involved in the drug bust and all that's in some of those books. So there's all these people out there that are cashing in, let's say. Yep own this conspiracy because people love the idea that Elvis is coming back. So I'm going to get serious with you for just a moment. And I'm going to tell you what I believe it is in every human being's heart. There's a God sized hole. We're all, there's something in us that is looking for something to come back or someone that someone is Jesus. It is not Elvis. And I do believe that that is this God-sized hole that people are trying to fill with Elvis. Elvis himself said, I am not the king. Jesus Christ is the king. So it is wrong. Elvis is a great entertainer, but a lousy God. He is not God, ladies and gentlemen. He's not. So that God-sized hole that you're trying to fit Elvis into, Elvis doesn't fit that hole. It's Jesus. And if he was here today, he would tell you he's on the other side of eternity and he knows now uh, that he's there. I believe that he did go to heaven. Um, but that is what this hole in your heart that you're trying to fill, fill with Elvis is. So I'm not telling you to, to not be an Elvis fan. I'm an Elvis fan, but everything needs to be in its proper spot and putting Elvis in that spot is not proper. So I, I implore you to b- go run to Jesus. That will fill that hole that you're trying to get Elvis to fill for you. And I'm a Christian. Trey's a Christian. There's nothing more important than your eternity because this time that we have here is a very short time. Mm-hmm. Our time in eternity is forever. So that God-sized hole, Elvis doesn't fit it. Jesus does. You know, Billy, that's a 
perfect way to to put it makes you really think of things man like that's that's tough right there and you know like there's a heart there's a hole in our heart that craves like you said someone coming back and it could be uh the lord because he died for us on that cross um and it's just in everyone even if uh, even non-believers have that same thing that's right now, i'm about it is to in eight in us it's in us I'm about to go to a, a funeral tomorrow of a 23-year-old um, mm. basket, former basketball player of ours that was murdered not too long ago. And uh, 23 years young, man. So you never know. You never know when, right. that, when that time comes in our That's lives. Right. We could be young or old, just like Elvis. Right. Elvis was 40. And I do believe he died August 16th, 1977. I don't believe, I don't believe that that, I I believe this Elvis loved being Elvis Presley. He, he, he wouldn't have given up being Elvis because I mean, that was his, his life was being a musician, being an entertainer. And there was a lot of stuff that came along with being Elvis. Yeah. He's not giving that up. And then his dad died a year later. uh, And then granny was still here with us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, grandma, grandma was still yeah. alive. Yeah. She outlived them all. So uh, Trey said Elvis was 40. He knows Elvis was 42, by the way, for everybody that's typing. You can stop typing. I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about Pistol Pete Maravich, one of my other favorites yeah. died at 40. So yeah, that's the yeah. close thing. Elvis was 42. Yeah. Pistol Pete was 40. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody says that Gladys was, was 42. She was actually 46. And uh, so, you know, you've got all of these mythological things out there. It's just so crazy. So I'll leave you with this. If you're taking a breath, it is not too late to run to Jesus. Nothing more important in your life. If you don't know how to do that, you message me. I will pray for you. I'll pray with you. Go to your local church. I'll find someone to get you in touch with. If you don't know Jesus, let us introduce you. And we didn't bring you here to to preach to you, (laughs) but I just, this is, I'm telling you that this thing that you're trying to fill with Elvis is a Jesus size hole. That's all I'm telling you. But let me ask you this, Billy. You said you looked into the eyes of Bob Joyce, right? I did. It's not Elvis. Bob Joyce is not Elvis. And Bob Joyce would tell you the same thing. He would tell you to run to Jesus. Yeah. And if Elvis was here... He would tell you to run to Jesus. Bob Joyce is a great preacher. He's charismatic and he can sing, but he's not Elvis Presley, but he is Bob Joyce. Right. So, hey, you still support him. Yeah, that's right. So friends, I thank y'all for, for watching. We went a little bit over, but I think what we said in the end was very, very important. Thank you so much for watching. We appreciate all you do. Make sure you check out Globetrotting with Trey on YouTube. Check out the spa guy on YouTube. and. Next uh, week, we'll have another episode of Wigwam. Wishing Cotton was a, a monkey. monkey. Yes, we do. <laughs>